Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Okay. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's wonderful to be here and uh, really excited uh, for this new chapter, this new season. Not only for, for you guys, but for us. It sounds like we've had a similar kind of journey over the last 18 months, two years. And, you know, and we know after winter there is spring, and there is summer, and there is reaping, and there is fruitfulness, and there is God's favor. Amen? And so, yeah, I, I don't know how to go with this, because i got so many things in my heart, and I'm sure that will come out over time. But I'm going to bring what I feel God has to say Amen. This morning, last Sunday, um, God gave me a, an impression, a vision, if you like, of of colours, a particular like a like a palette of paint, and there were some de- very distinct colours. And I felt God speaking to me. This is what God has deposited in this church already. There are some very distinct things that God has placed here. And I felt like saying, you know, with an artist painting, you lay down certain colours first. And then you add to that, you know, the artist in his mind knows where he's going with the painting. And, you, you know, you start with the broad strokes. You start, we you know, with the landscape if you're doing that. But then you go into the more fine details. And he is the artist. The Lord is the architect. And, and us coming in here, we're not to... You know, we're to add to or to, like the painting, add to what's already there. Because I can sense there's some really good things that the Lord has deposited in this church. And it's just moving on with what the Lord has planned for this city and for your lives particularly. Because the church is people. Amen. It's you. And God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And nothing can fulfill or satisfy more than serving him. And being what God has created you to be. You are unique. The world has its idea of what you should be like. Isn't it? The world says, you've got to look this way. You've got to be this or do that. And, and people are running after this and that. But all the while, there's an emptiness. All the while, they just can't quite be satisfied. But when we surrender our lives to him, say, Lord... He makes of you what you cannot possibly do for yourself, and it is satisfying. The Bible says a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got to run out of ink on my printer, so thank God for technology. Amen. The scripture, oh, by the way... um, Two of my eldest uh, sons, they're uh, currently doing a, a charity cycle. They call it, uh, if you want to follow them on, on Facebook, they've got a post that says, Maybe Bro's Adriatic Adventure. And so they're raising money for charity. So I'd appreciate if you'd keep them in prayer. God, keep them safe. And as a cycle, uh, doing it for about six weeks. Amen. Praise the Lord. Genesis chapter 1. Verse 1 to 2. Let's read. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. 
And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Amen. We know that the next verse is, and God said, or then God said, let there be light. And with the word came the movement of the Spirit. See, the Spirit and the word always go together. And the Spirit of God is hovering. He is poised. He is waiting to spring into action. And I submit to you this morning that he is hovering over your life and my life and the life of this church. And he is ever ready. He is omnipresent. He is ready to move in conjunction with the word of God. Now, what's so exciting, you know, when we first came uh, to the church, you know, obviously filling our way, it's been an interesting process. Um, but you're, there is a desire and a passion for the Spirit of God in this church. And this is so essential in the days that we live. If we do not have a desire and a passion for the Spirit of God to fill us and to be involved in what we're doing, or rather us involved in what He is doing, we'll just become a relic. And this is what's happening in the UK at the moment. This is a critical time. We see churches going into, into great compromise. And, and a key element to that is they're not desiring and hungering for the Holy Spirit to be relevant today. Every generation needs to know what it is for the Spirit of God to invade and to fill their life and to fill the church. We are responsible to know what the Spirit is saying to us today. Because simple success, whether that be as a church or as an individual, is you being able to hear and go along with what the Spirit is saying now. He is a now Spirit. What God did yesterday is not necessarily the same what He's going to do today. We can learn from the past. We rejoice in the past. And there are principles we can adopt today, but God is saying something now to this generation. We are countering a youth that is off the radar in terms of where they're going. They are so indoctrinated with nonsense. There's a big battle going on. Before coming, assuming this role, I was working in the school, in the high school, teaching. And it's just crazy what the schools are are pushing on these young people. They're confused. Teenagers are confused. We know that. And yet they're pushing, oh, maybe you should be some other personal pronoun. And it's just crazy. And I, I was seeing the fallout of that in just a limited way. And, and it just adds to greater confusion. It adds to greater insecurity and instability. John 7, verse 37, 39, it says, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, 
whom these believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is an intriguing context to this passage, because Jesus goes secretly to this feast. His brothers, he told his family, he said, oh, I'm not going up. They said, are you coming? No, no, I'm, I'm not going. And then he goes secretly. He's kind of in amongst the crowd and, and people are talking about, you know, is he, the, is he the one to come? And yet we have this dramatic, he stands up and he says, if anyone is thirsty. They didn't know he was there. Then him come. What's interesting to me on a few occasions in China, God would, would speak to me in, in Chinese characters. Now, I don't know Chinese characters very well. And so he would give me a character like, what is that? <laughs> and it was just had to be God, you know. Um, and so he spoke to me these characters. We actually pointed out in this building, and I just knew he was speaking. So I had to like, you know, get my little app, you know, and, and look it up. And the source of water. And I was feeling God, you know, that's what he wants us all to be, a source of living water to our generation. Not, not speaking from your own cleverness or your own, you know, I, you know, it's powerful you going out in the street. You know, we're not speaking, we're not trying to win people by intellectual argument. We're speaking from the Holy Spirit. And if we will just be a conduit, if we just allow him, amen, to, to inspire us. You know, we've probably all been in a position where you've tried to speak to somebody and it's just, you know, it's like, oh, that didn't go anywhere. You just feel like non-effective because sometimes that's us trying to do it, what we think we should say. But under the anointing and the power of the Spirit, we can say a few words and the Spirit go, boom, uses that to open somebody's heart like it was of the woman at the well. Are you thirsty? This morning, are you thirsty, amen, for God to breathe something new into your life, to fill you, amen, with, with, with a great vibrance? You know, the, one, of, one of the outflows of Christianity that is unique is joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and I, I sense a lot of joy in this place. But you know what impacts the world is when they see you in your job, see you you know, whether you're studying, whatever you're doing in your family and you have joy. Because it's not the same as happiness. It's not the same as, as pleasure because that's all the world has to offer. But joy is something that is deep that you cannot hide. And it comes by the Holy Spirit being resident and moving. You know, Romans, I haven't got it on, on, on the screen, but, you know, Romans eight eleven talks about but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal body by his spirit living in you. That scripture is interesting because if it says dwell in you, some scriptures say reside, but they're different words used in, in the Greek and we know that's deliberate. The spirit that reside in you, each one you probably have a home that you reside in or a house or a flat. Or a shared place. You reside there. It means that's your address. That's where they send your mail. Your name is on that place. The Holy Spirit resides in every believer. 
that is truly born again. You could not be born again without the Spirit of God in you. So he resides in you. His address is with you. But then it says those that he lives through is a different word. It means more than just reside. It means occupying the whole house. It means enjoying the whole house. You could be bedridden in, 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 a, in one room in the house. You reside in that house, but you're not living in the house. And the Holy Spirit wants to move out into the different rooms of our hearts and live. Amen. And all he needs you and I to be is thirsty. And God in his goodness will use situations in our life to get us thirsty. <laughs> Amen. You'll use frustrating things. Oh God, I cannot do this on my own. God, I need more. Good. Because <laughs> I'm going to give you more, but I needed you to be thirsty before. And, and many times he's, he's trying to help us thirst. Because he knows that has to proceed. Because that's what Jesus said. He said, if anyone is thirsty, out of his being, the cavity of his being will flow rivers of living water. See, you have to thirst first. You have the spirit, but it's when you're thirsty, you reach the fullness of what the spirit wants to do in your life. You know, in, in, in European history, we, we know about what they term the dark ages. This is a, a, a term used to describe a period of time, a quite lengthy period of time, in which there was not much scientific discovery, not much literature development, etc. But also there was not much word of God because the Bible was in Latin in this country. And so the ordinary person couldn't read it. It was not accessible. In fact, what they used to do is chain the Bible to the pulpit. Can you believe it? Chained it to the pulpit. So they didn't even want people to pick it up and read it. And, and there's only the priest who could. And then they were selective what they taught the people. And there was great darkness on the land. Because people were ignorant of what the word said. That's why there weren't many miracles taking place. We have the word. But we need the spirit. Jesus said, if we have the next slide, seven times he said this to seven churches. At the end of each church, he gave an instruction. Uh, sorry, to each church he, he gave, uh, many times he commended the church on, on the good things they were doing. Um, and as five of the churches, he, he brought some, some needed correction that had to take place. Um, two of the churches, it was more of encouragement but, you know, he brought a word to each church. And after each letter, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. God, has a, God wants to say something to this church. He wants to speak. He, no doubt he will commend all the good things. But maybe he would need to bring some direction. Maybe say, listen guys, okay, this is where you need to realign. And again, it's the churches that are willing to listen. Because he is speaking today to the church. He is speaking today to every individual congregation. 
Are we listening? Do we have ears to hear? Because sometimes it could be a bit challenging. Sometimes it could be a bit uncomfortable if we're, if we're willing to make the kind of adjustments see, he wants us to make. Some churches can, can become a little bit too religious in the sense that, you know, it's just about fulfilling some obligation. And, and God would say, amen, I want to refresh you. You need to have a fresh encounter with me. Are you willing for that? Are you willing to, you know, break things up? In our first year in China, um, we had a team. We actually got some friends visiting with us today um, from from the church that was sponsoring us at the time in Norwich. And this, there was a team. I think about twelve people came. And this is China, you know, a lot of restriction there. And I thought, what am I going to do with a team of twelve people? You know, how how could I kind of keep them under the radar? You know, with the government, etc. And uh, and I was like, you know, what do I plan? You know. And I just felt God say, look, don't worry, I've got it covered. And honestly, I didn't, I didn't plan anything. We had like a team for like 10, 10 days. I didn't plan anything. I was like, okay. And literally the, the two days before this, everything fell into place. God had it all. We, with that team, we went into three high schools. That's pretty radical in China, I can tell you. They're very particular in, 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 in you know, um, keeping young minds in what they want them to, to be hearing. Three high schools. <laughs> we, we had this, they had this festival called a folk festival. It was a government-sponsored event because it's the region of China where, where we're in had many ethnic minorities. And so they had this folk festival and they wanted, you know, people to do their music and dance performance, etc. And so, you know, I, I, I said, well, God opened this door. And, and so the guy said, you know, what are you doing? What? I had this, this band that we're going to play uh, at this folk festival. There were a few thousand people there. And I said, are, are you, you know, what are you doing? I said, well, there's a school that we go. And he said, oh, yeah, there's a school. Okay, then you must be fine then. <laughs> And then the school said to me, what are you doing? So, well, we're going to folk festival. So, oh, that must be fine then. They never did the checks. And so it was just completely a God-orchestrated thing. And they got to perform and sing about Jesus, <laughs> a government-sponsored event to thousands of, of Chinese. And in the schools, it was just unbelievable. And it was totally God because he spoke. Jesus said to the disciples, throw the net in on the other side. Peter says, well, we haven't done much, but okay, your, your word, Lord, <sighs> harvest, full of fish. I wonder if we can have ears to hear, amen, this morning. And also for you as an individual, we need to learn to hear what he's saying. It's a still small voice. Sometimes we're looking for the big bonanza, you know, the, the big shining lights for God to speak, but oftentimes it's a... It's a it's a, it's a small, still small voice as Elijah had to relearn in his life. Because it's so important that we are sensitive to what the Spirit is saying. He'll direct you about your relationships. He'll direct you about you know, how, you, how you spend your time. He'll direct you about all kinds of decisions. And, and he will spare you a lot of pain if you would just listen. 
Interesting, um, in the history of Pentecostalism in Germany, um, in 1909, I think I've got it on the slide, there's a Berlin Declaration. And this was a theological statement of 56 leading evangelical theologians in Germany. The Declaration condemns the German Pentecostal movement, which had started two years earlier in Kassel, it stated that the Pentecostal movement was not from above, but from below. It wasn't until 2000, and I think it's also 2009, that this statement was revoked. Here we have, you know, this is the beginning, amen, this is off the back of Azusa Street, Pentecostalism, amen, the, the, the baptism in the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, revival is taking place across the world. Uh, we, we experienced that in the UK. This church is a fruit of that. It was taking place in Germany at the same time. But these churches says, no, 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 we don't want this. And they made this declaration. And could it be a, a vacuum was created because Germany, amen, was a major part in the First World War and, and an aggressor in the Second World War, Nazism, amen, the, the persecution and con, of the Jews and all this took place. Could it be related that the churches said no to the Holy Spirit? He said, we don't want that. We're happy with the structure of what we're doing. It's all nice and controllable. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? I, but I know this, that Holy Spirit is so important. Jesus was baptized and the Spirit came upon him. He spoke constantly of the Holy Spirit. The Pharisees missed it. They had the word. Oh, they knew the word so well, didn't they? He's not from... How can any good thing come from Nazareth? They thought they knew the word so well, they, they missed who Jesus really was. Because their hearts were not open. And there was one Pharisee called Nicodemus that was open. And Jesus immediately started talking to him about the Holy Spirit. He said, those are born of the Spirit. See, we must have a desire for the Holy Spirit. Yes, we need absolutely to be rooted in God, good doctrine. Doctrine is important. We need to, to fight. It's the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Absolutely. But not without the Spirit. Somebody once said, if we just have the Word, we dry up. And sometimes if we just have the spirit or what we think is a spirit, we can blow up. We need both. We need the word with the spirit together. And this is God's, God's will for every church. In Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 19, this is Paul's famous prayer that we can all latch on to here. He says in Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height 
To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is God's will for all of us here. Amen. And we can only know the love of God by the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't have the Holy Spirit making it personal to you, it's just something we know in theory. And yes, that theory is good and right. But God wants it to be experiential. And this is what Paul's prayer is. Because Paul knew a lot about the love of God. I mean, goodness, what the things that Paul was able to do. Oh, they're going to they're gonna beat you up and probably kill you. That's okay, I'm still going anyway. I mean, how many of us? Okay, I'm going this way. No, because he knew something so powerful about God's love. He says, nothing's going to stop me. And he experienced the, the miraculous in such a wonderful way because he had such a revelation of the love of God. And, and it's, we have need for God to strengthen us in our inner being as, as he prayed. It all begins with you and I being strengthened in the inner man through his spirit. You know, I'm using my phone with my, my messages on. I'm, we've all probably got phones here. I have an iPhone. Um, you probably, some of you got Android, whatever. That's fine. You know, they're amazing. They're mini computers, right? You can do everything. Do your banking, emails, absolutely everything in your phone. We become dependent on them, really. But you know what? With all its capability, if there's no power, it's going to do no good at all. <laughs> it's such a simple thing. That only works when it's powered. And so it is with the new man in Christ in you. You have been born from above. Amen. In the inner man. But that, that, all the beautiful benefits of the new man is only experienced as the new man is energized and empowered. And this is what Paul is praying. That's why we need to thirst for the Holy Spirit. Amen. And how we have the strength to overcome temptation. Some people here might be having some besetting sin and, and it's like you're, you're resting. God, I, I'm just so bad. God, I, I try. I try harder. I try to put these boundaries in my life, but I keep falling. I mean, you just need to be strengthened in the inner man. And in the strength of the inner man, you have more than enough power and it's like water off a duck's back. It's all in the new man to be strengthened. This should get us thirsty. Oh God, I need more. God, every, every day when you wake up, God, I'm here, plug me in. I mean, we don't forget to plug our phone in, do we? I mean, I've actually got a phone charging case. It's charging now. <laughs> I don't want to be without charge. <laughs> Amen. We don't forget that. Well, let's not forget our greater need of charging. Oh, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. And some of the best ways to get charged, amen, is to worship, is to praise him. Amen. You know, Jesus said, and he's quoting from Psalms 8, he said, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained praise. And the psalmist, it's interesting, uses a different word, and they both work. He says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have established or ordained strength. 
In other words, that when we praise him, when we make that, that channel between our soul and the heavenly realm and praise to God, amen, there is a strengthening that takes place. And it's such a simple thing to do, like a, a child can do it. And in that place, that's a, a key to us being strengthened every day by the spirit in the new man. The Bible says, put on the new man. You put on the new man when you just praise God every day. Amen. We like the birds. Amen. They're singing really early now. <laughs> we need to be just like that. You know, we're going to kick off the old uh, flesh. <laughs> flesh doesn't want to praise. Flesh doesn't want none of it, you know. But, you know, we put on. So, you know, I'm going to praise you anyway. And you know what, that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. Because it is a sacrifice to begin with. Like maybe this morning you, come, you, came, you came here and like, oh, you know, you're not feeling it initially. Many times I come to church, I'm not feeling it initially. Uh, but you sing anyway. You praise anyway. Amen. You make a joyful noise anyway. And, and, and eventually something needs to take place. And absolutely, you start to mean it with all of your heart. It's all glory. Amen. But you know there's a battle. But I mean, thank God. I went to Russia back in 2000. Um, no, 1999 actually. And um, I saw in the market there, Millennium Edition. That must have been 2000. Millennium Edition. You know, the first Windows Millennium, you know, those who remember. Um, and oh, great, you know, Millennium Edition, $20, bargain. I was naive. <laughs> I thought, great, this would cost me a bomb in the UK. So I bring it back, you know, is it English? Yeah, it's English. You had it written on the thing, you know. So, oh, great, you know, what an awesome thing. So I downloaded this onto my computer. And it all, all went through and then went to reboot. It's all in Russian. <laughs> I was I couldn't delete it because I couldn't understand what to do. <laughs> and I was so frustrated. And I was like, oh, no, I've wrecked my computer. I, I couldn't buy another one. And so I had to load onto it another version of Windows. So I actually had two versions of Windows taking up my hard drive. And the problem was the default was the Russian edition. So every time I start that computer, it'd want to boot up in Russian. So I had to stand there pressing F, what is it, 12 or 6, until it, 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 then, it, then that would trigger into the English version. Every time I booted that computer, I had to press F12. Keep pressing it until it kicks in. It's kind of like that, isn't it? In our, in our walk with God. We have the spirit. He's in us. We have the, we're the new man. But we've got to... Okay, I'm going to praise you this morning. Boom. Ah, oh, thank God. Because in, in the new man is peace. In the new man is joy. In the new man is victory. In the new man is, is healing. In the new man is everything that God has promised. Because it says he has blessed us. If every spiritual blessing were in heavenly places... And the new man is connected to heavenly places. Your flesh isn't. <laughs> the flesh wants nothing to do with heavenly places. The flesh is only concerned about now. Give me something now, you know, satisfy me. 
I'd like to end in a quote. I read it this morning in my devotion. It's, it's A.B. Simpson called Days of he- Heaven on Earth. Upon Earth, it's a great um, devotion. I've been using it for a few years now. It says, he said, A church relying on human wisdom, wealth, or resources ceases to be the body of Christ and becomes an earthly society. When we dare to depend entirely upon God, and without doubt, the humblest and feeblest agencies will become mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. May the Holy Spirit give to us at all times his own conception of these two great words, but God. Amen. But God. You know, there's some here that God has not forgotten you. I feel this is, is, is definitely, God is speaking to you right now. God has not forgotten you. Isaiah says, how can God, how can, you know, a woman, does she forget her nursing? Does she forget her baby? And he said, well, yeah, that, that's rare. But he says, I will not forget you. Those who are born of God's spirit, he absolutely knows. He was there. He saw you born and he has not forgotten you. Sometimes we write ourselves off. We can be very critical in ourselves. And yeah, we might have done some foolish things. But God has not forgotten. See, you won't, none can come to the Father unless they've been drawn, the scripture says. Being born of the spirit is a divine act in itself. You didn't just come into it. Oh, you made a decision one day, however it was. Yes, your will was involved. Absolutely. But it was a divine appointment. And God knew the right time to get you into his kingdom. And he has not forgotten you. And amen. He, is, he sees you the same way as he always has. And his plans for you are the same as they always have. And he wants you to remember that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let, let's, let's, let's just spend a few time in prayer. Maybe you could just bow your heads and close your eyes as we, uh, as the worship team begin to make their way onto the stage. Thank you for listening, and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church, or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes we would love you to leave us some feedback God bless and goodbye